one of the lessons for me as a very sort of hard-headed, almost too determined person with a very high pain threshold, um, that sometimes it's better to throw in the towel earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the podcast all about the unexpected paths to a creative career. I'm your host, Rob Goodman. I'm a marketer and an artist. And on today's show, we're talking to Noah Shannock. Noah is the founder and former CEO of Stitcher. Stitcher is one of the most popular podcasting platforms out there. It kind of stitches together podcasts into an online and mobile radio stream. And you can tell there's a lot of energy from me today in my conversation with Noah. I am so excited I got to talk to him and hear about his journey to starting the company. I obviously love podcasting. I've loved doing Making Ways for over a year now. I actually teach podcasting at General Assembly, and I also produce podcasts with clients. So it was really a thrill to talk to one of the people who helped make podcasting what it is today. And in this conversation, you're going to hear about Noah's path, what he's up to now, kind of the stages of himself as CEO during his time at Stitcher and what it was like kind of working in that kind of startup craze and what he's learned about living a good life and a balanced life since those times. And we talk a lot about getting out of the way of yourself in order to succeed. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear the conversation I have with Noah. Before we get started, I do want to mention our partner, Scoutbooks. Scoutbooks makes amazing custom notebooks out of Portland, Oregon. I'm so excited to be partnering with them. I just got in my hands today the Making Ways notebook that I made with Scoutbooks, and I'm so excited for you guys to have these in your hands very soon. Check out Scoutbooks if you're interested in creating custom notebooks. They do such a beautiful job, whether you're a brand, a big organization, or just an individual. If you use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, you'll get 15% off your first order at scoutbooks.com. So check them out. Okay, let's get to my conversation with Noah Shannon. Noah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to uh, great to see you again. We, we met before and, and we get to formally sit down here today and chat. And I thought we would kick off with one of your ventures that you're most known for, uh, which is founding Stitcher, the podcasting platform and service that kind of stitches together different podcasts into an online radio, online and in-app. And I want to hear a little bit about what you were like back in those days and uh, a little bit of the journey of, of creating that platform. So what was I like? I was um, very... Um, I think similar to now, very optimistic. I was probably a bit more ambitious. I had a bit less gray hair. And, <laughs> Though um, that can come at any time. My first came in uh, high school. <laughs> it came, so did mine, but it came a lot faster during the Stitcher years. Yeah, I think I think the the um, it slowed down since since, <laughs> since then. And I was um, I I really wanted to start something to build something. I'd always been pretty entrepreneurial and, and, um, I saw this opportunity and basically de- yeah, decided to run with it. And, uh, 
you found a technical co-founder I know on, on Craigslist. I did. <laughs> which I don't I know did. if that's still possible these days because it was back in when, 2006, 2007 or so? Yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, it was 2007. So I, I, maybe it's still possible to find a technical <laughs> co-founder on, on Craigslist, but one that, um, one, one where you, you stay together, um, for, for the, for the full journey and, and Peter's actually, um, still there and still runs engineering. So oh, wow. it was, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty fortuitous. And during that, that stretch before, uh, it ultimately sold to Deezer, the music service, and now I think uh, Deezer sold it to Scripps. That's correct. And uh, during during those years, what was the growth trajectory like? Like how many, it started off with you and then Peter, and how many people ultimately did it grow to while you were there? Well, um, I guess on a, a headcount basis, at our largest, we were probably mm, 40 FTEs and, and, and maybe... Um, you know, ten or fifteen con- 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 consultants, but we were we were um, still kind of bobbing and weaving and trying to figure out who we we were. And so, uh, by the time we sold the company, I think there were twenty of us, fifteen or twenty of us full time. Okay, and so in in terms of that mindset that you were in back in those days, you talk about being you know hyper ambitious and. And driven. I mean, what was your typical work day, typical work week like? I mean, this was a, a high growth, very hot startup. Um, were you working all the time? Were you resting? Were you feeling the any glitz and glamour of, of being on top of a, of a hot uh, commodity? I, I, I was working all the time. I think Peter... Um Peter, who was older than me and um, and and wiser in some ways, I think was a little and I, and also had um, had kids. He was um, a, a little bit wiser and sort of um, in in kind of maintaining his 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 energy for the for the long haul. I so in the beginning and the, and and I I tell this as a cautionary tale. Um, I was. Uh, I, I would excitedly wake up and not be able to go back to sleep at like four or five in the morning. And I would go to the office and I would work till probably three in the afternoon. And then I'd go to the gym and then I'd go back to the office till like 11 at night. And I did that. Um, I did that pretty consistently for the first c- couple of years, which I do, <laughs> I do not recommend to anybody because it, it, it basically, um, it fried me pretty early. <laughs> I mean, there's something exciting about it in that, you know, people are always saying, do what you love. So the fact that you woke up so energized that you couldn't go back to sleep, I mean, there is a little bit of a romance there, but you're saying that it, it, it burns you out possibly like physically and mentally or. Yeah, I think, um, well, eventually, well, for one thing, I thought I could, I could, I could survive on, on less sleep than, than, um, than I actually needed. My mom, who is a, um, who is one of my heroes and, and a great social entrepreneur, she, she doesn't need more than five hours of sleep. So I, I just assumed biologically I didn't need more than five hours of sleep. Yeah. So sounds like a great cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's definitely more time, time in the day. Um, but, um, apparently I do need more sleep than that. (laughs) And it took me a couple of years to recognize that. And, um, and also, um, it, it's also important just to you know give yourself some distance from the the business to be able to see things more clearly. And I was just I was just hammering on it all the time. 
and and so um, the, the, the those and many other lessons were were learned during that time. Um, and it it you know it's it's hard when you're the only one doing a lot of the stuff. And early on, there was just um, you know there was just one or two of us on the business side, and uh, and a couple of engineers. In the beginning, it was just you know Peter and I, and so um, we did have to accomplish a lot and only had a limited cash runway and so um execution what was important but but balancing for the for the long haul probably would have been wise right right yeah. i mean if you could uh i love science fiction and time travel so if you could go back without causing some kind of time par- paradox um and, and chat with yourself i mean it sounds like maybe you wouldn't have listened to yourself, but but if you actually did, what I mean, what would you say? Like, hey, you know, put the brakes on a, a little bit, get a little bit more perspective, get out of this bubble. What what would you, what advice would you have said to yourself? I, I think so. I think I would have given myself that advice, and I and I did take it to some extent. Like I um, I volunteered. Uh, I was like a like sort of big brother, big sister mentor. And I volunteered pretty much every Sunday for almost the entire time that I was running Stitcher. And that just helped to give me perspective. Um, I think Peter had, had, had kids, as I mentioned. And so that also helps to give you perspective. It's important to, to have, um, some things in your life that make you realize that, um, the, the world is a bigger place than your little startup. And, and, um, and that, so, you know, catastrophes in your startup aren't actual, you know, catastrophes in the broader scheme of things, et cetera. So I, I would give myself that advice. I would also, um, I think I had a fair amount of fun with it, but I also just took, I just took things really seriously. Yeah. And so I, I would, um, I think at some points probably tell me, tell me to, lighten up a little bit <laughs> yeah and, and um you know and i and i i talk to a lot of um fo- founders now and um you know ten, you can sort of see pattern recognition and some some mo- most of them not surprisingly to me are seem to be wiser um <laughs> than than i was at that time but some of them aren't and and um there are some good lessons you can you can listen some people I guess a good entrepreneur will probably listen, um, you know, to 10 or 20% of it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about that today. We're at Amazon Web Services uh, having this discussion. Talk to me a little bit about what goes on here and and your role and, uh, as you said, kind of uh, you know, how, you, how you're talking to uh, entrepreneurs. Yeah, so so um, I can't talk much about it, not because it's secret, but just because um, I don't have the PR certification or whatever necessary to be a spokesperson for for my job but basically um, I'm on a team um, with some other uh, ex um, startup founders and and our job is to is is essentially to to help um, founders um, of, of of companies so it's it's really really neat and and um, helping founders is something that's deeply meaningful to me knowing how challenging it is. So it's a, um, yeah, it's a good place to be. What is some of the, you know, you talked about pattern recognition, like what are some of those things that you see consistently with entrepreneurs that you meet with where you're, you're maybe regularly sharing a certain 
advice or um, maybe even something you kind of like get tired of having to to say or, or maybe they're a little bit more sophisticated nowadays having like a generation uh, to learn from I, I think um, so I think that 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 there is that and and some of the and and there are a lot there are a lot more sort of good um, writings out there now um, about startups and the startup life and so um, I think a lot of people kind of study those things, study Paul Graham's essays and, and, and read, um, you know, Ben Horowitz's blog. Um, he had a famous post about managing your psychology, which I um, printed out when I was kind of in, in, in um, the middle of my startup and kind of kept it on the side of my bed and would like, <laughs> refer back to it. So, so I, I think that there is probably um, some, some more wisdom that, 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 that's out there now. But, but a lot of the, um, you know, the, the lessons are the, the ones that I talked about, which are um, a lot of them are like pretty simple things like get enough sleep and, and take care of yourself um, and, um, and don't take stuff seriously and make sure to have perspective um the journey is it, you know if you're if you're successful it's um you know or or even not not successful but um it's it's often a it, it's often a really long journey and so it's important to recognize that you're kind of running a, a marathon I, I would say tactically um there there's a shift when um you as a as a you know founder builder moves from um, being an individual contributor to, to being a manager and and um, that's and 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 there are various stages of that there's you know and and stitcher at, at its largest um, you know wasn't that large from from a from a people perspective so I I didn't even get to see some of the the, the, the later stages and who knows how, how you know how I would have done or if I would have been um, successful at a, 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 as a manager of, of larger, of, you know, you know, in a larger organization. Yeah. But just uh, th- there's kind of this um, just moving from an individual contributor to a when you like to build stuff and have your hands in stuff um, to um, r- realizing that there are people who are better at doing 95% of what you do on a day-to-day basis and, and you should really surround yourself with those people and and offload that that's really um, hard for everybody to, to 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 grasp and and that that doesn't change especially because you're so you know this is a thing that that you're creating that's basically like your baby and so you're you know you, you want to be kind of micromanaging it right and so I, I would say that that is the um, the thing that um, the single biggest thing that one sees the most and and kind of um, doesn't really go away in the in, in in the early phases. It just kind of takes on different permutations, right? And is the advice to accept the fact by, you know, stepping back from something and, and handing it to somebody who can do it way better than you? A, I guess, a accepting somebody can do it better than you, and B, accepting that by empowering more people, you're going to build a better product, a better company because you're just kind of hypercharging every aspect of it. I mean, how do you, how do you convince somebody to let go? I think, um, well, I, in, in order to get things, to get enough things, I, I mean, ultimately a, a person needs to sort of come, come, come to that by, by themselves, but they can, you know, look at every, you know, company in the history of time and that, that, that sort of thing uh, occurs. I think it's also important to know 
oneself um, and what what you're good at and what 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 you like to do. And so and um, and some people are less self-aware and some people are more self-aware, but there's um, you know you can start to get a feedback loop from from the other people in in, in, in your company and um, cho- choose the things that you want to continue to work on and get 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 better at. I mean in 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 um, in any organization, if you're the CEO, your job is like the, the, the parts of your job that will 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 never change is your job is to set the vision of the company. Um, it's to um, re- recruit, continue to recruit great talent. It's to keep the lights on. So um, ma- making sure there's money coming in from somewhere. And, um, and, and then er- everything else is, um, y- you know, I think you can sort of take or leave. So some folks are better pr- product folks. E- Elon Musk um, is probably the best example. He's a, a product and engineering person, and he leaves a lot of the business um, stuff to to folks that are better at it than 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 he is. But mm-hmm. he knows that um, you know that's where he can add the most value. Yeah, and without my sounding too much like a, a fanboy, seeing how much podcasting has grown, seeing even just how much audio has grown, even in terms of AI and Siri and uh, Alexa and all these different things. Um, do you, now that you're away from it a bit, do you get to sit back some days and, and kind of feel the impact you had in the podcasting world in the audio space and kind of look at the, the pie of things growing so much and, and reflect on it? Well, I, I think... Um... I mean, my, my number one reflection is, is, is still like, oh my God, I, I can't believe how early we were. Like <laughs> right. We were so unbelievably naively early. I mean, we started the company be, be, even before the iPhone right. um, and sort of bet on the timing of the mobile internet and bet on all this car stuff. And it's still, um, it's still very early. Like it's still the, the first inning of, of, of the medium, par- partially because of, um, a fair number of companies that are trying to build something in this space now will approach me and you know want want advice yes. mostly on like I've got a lot of advice on like you know mistakes not to make or <laughs> what what have you. Um, so you know see a lot of that and and um, and then and and um, you know and I've started working with one or two although um, you, you know there, there's a bit of um, almost PTSD from, <laughs> from, from, from so many years of, um, you know, of us banging our heads against the wall. Right. Um, I, I, I am, you know, I'm proud of it. Um, when, when, uh, it comes up in conversation and somebody says that they're a big listener and, you know, their eyes light up and, and I know that, um, I, I've, you know, the, the product that we've built has like occupying a fair amount of their, their time and, and making them smarter and entertaining them and stuff. That's, um, I love that. That's really exciting for me. I, I, um, it's interesting to see the changes in the industry now. The, um, I think that the biggest, the biggest step change has been, um, has been serial, the, 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 the podcast. Yeah. And, and if you look at the, the metrics went from very slow, linear growth where it was just taking forever and growing, you know, growing sort of five to 10% a year 
uh, for for a very long time. To you, you started to see a, a, a ramp in that, and now there's been a a, fl- a flywheel effect because um, content companies like Gimlet ha- are are showing and 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 Serial have 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 proven that if you invest in um, certain forms of content that you'll grow you'll grow an audience that yeah. there, there's a there's there's a f- formula to to it so it's still um and and so that's exciting to see it's exciting to see um the the medium kind of change the t- t- turn the corner yeah. I, I do think it's still you know the, the 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 it's clearly still the first inning yeah um but uh it was a very 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 long first inning <laughs> and i think maybe um you know maybe we'll be on to the second inning in the next year or two yeah it's really interesting to think about how content can kind of swing open doors to platforms think about how much netflix has grown because of their original programming Amazon now is producing movies and TV and all of that and it helps drive engagement in the platform and products. And so it's really interesting to hear you say that about podcasting, that it's like a really compelling story can open up people's eyes to trying a new technology or new platform. Yeah, it's 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 very true. And I think when when we started Stitcher and still to a lot of extent, there you, you know, up here in the Bay Area we're technology people and down there in LA, they're content people. And it was either content or platform. And there was always sort of, um, there, there, there's a natural tension between platform and content. And I'm a technology person. Um, so it was much more, um, you know, on the platform side, although, um, you know, dabbled a fair bit in content as well. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see the content and platform sort of growing closer together now um and you know especially in arenas like uh you know netflix and amazon video which you mentioned hey guys i want to tell you about our partner scout books they are an incredible company based in portland oregon and they make customized notebooks so if you're a company or a brand or an individual working on your own creative pursuit you can work with scout books to create really brilliant beautiful small notebooks and i'm so excited to offer making ways listeners 15 percent off their first order with code making ways so use making ways at checkout and you'll get 15 percent off scout books are printed on 100 recycled paper they have beautiful inks and pages i'm actually working on a making ways notebook for you all and I'm going through the process now, and it's been super fast and simple. So I'm excited for you guys to check out ScoutBooks. Visit ScoutBooks.com to learn more, and let's get back to the show. And so looking ahead, are you thinking a little bit about how audio is going to play a role in our lives? I mean, we touched on a little bit of, of AI and audio interfaces and all that, and cars are still evolving in that realm. But what kind of role do you envision audio playing in the next few years, decade of our lives as these technology-enhanced beings we're becoming? Well, I, I think there are some sort of fundamental things that um, there, there are all these technology enablers, um, but the the most important thing is that there's still, you know, there's a lot of time in the waking day when you used to say this a lot when you're 
your body's occupied with something that you're doing and, and, but your mind is free and it, and, and it can, and, and, and it can, and so audio is, is the, is really the, the perfect medium for that. Running, and, driving, doing the dishes, totally. everything. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so, um, and, and now there are more and better enablers. So it's, it's really interesting to see, um, Alexa, coming along and um, relative to one of our big, one, one of my, um, the things I was most, you know, the, the like founder, those like founder moments was um, the CEO of Ford announcing us and Pandora d- directly into the car. And he sort of announced this at the consumer electronics show. That was like a, and, and the, the, um, it was so kludgy. I mean, it was like it was like really pretty unbelievable. I actually bought to 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 try to close our Series B as a fundraising prop. I bought um, a car that had this this um, software in it, the integration, and it and and you know let Ford know like Ford let me put the um, the the up dated software in, 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 into it about a year and a half before it was, it was coming out. And so I would drive this car, which I, I named Mrs. B for B round of financing and it <laughs> would drive this car, um, that, that, that I bought and had to finance myself because we didn't have enough money, um, in, in Stitcher's bank account. I would drive it down to, you know, Sand Hill road to raise money and about, I would say 50% of the time, like it worked, like I would, like something worked, like it actually like, you know, but, but, um, and, 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 um, that compared to just how quickly Alexa is, is improving and, and, um, that, those type of technologies now. And, and so there's so much more now that can be done, um, with that type of, with that type of technology, it'll be interesting to see see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to ask you about uh, being an entrepreneur and kind of always having this spirit within you. Before you started Stitcher, I know you were at StubHub in an early sales leadership role there doing business development that was acquired by eBay. And then before that, you were working in finance and you were in school at Skidmore and got your MBA at Wharton. Was starting your own business always part of the plan? Was it something that you you kind of realized you wanted to do after StubHub and and that moment. Talk me through kind of, you know, young early days Noah and and your interest in in kind of building things from the ground up. Yeah, I think it always had been. Um, and the most of my family is entrepreneurs. Uh, my my um, my gr- great grandparents on my um, on my father's side um, started. Farber where the pots and pans company and and and, oh, wow. and and started that out of um basically like pop farber um as he's known to us he you know had a, had a, basically a push cart with these like you know with pots and pans that he would he would um, push around and sell like in in brooklyn and he, he 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 you know he grew that into into an empire and um and pretty much everybody in my family was either a a, a psychologist or an entrepreneur. I think they, <laughs> really? they actually go pretty well together. Um, and my, my, my mom, who is a psychologist is a, is a pretty great social entrepreneur and was, was, um, and was when we were growing up, um, had started, um, a Jewish school in New York. Um, that was, um, that that's grown into one of the most su- successful, um, 
schools basically through high school in 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 New York and we, and and I grew up with like board, you know kind of board meetings in our in our living room and so I'd always yeah I mean I think I always wanted to do something um entrepreneurial <clears throat> I I probably had some ventures in high school and college that that wouldn't be suitable to talk about <laughs> okay. on, a, on a podcast. I don't know. That sounds really was, intriguing to me. Was, uh, but I was always entrepreneurial um, <laughs> and, um, and, and, and always wanted to, yeah, I think I always wanted to, to, to start a company. Yeah. And so you, you worked in finance and StubHub just to kind of get some, get some education, some experiences, and it wasn't kind of an immediate uh, you know, some, some people nowadays, right. They, they go to college and they just want to start being an entrepreneur, a founder day one, but you learned a little bit on the job first. Yeah. I think I wasn't, um, I, I feel like I wasn't, um, ready and, and I, 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 yeah, I feel like I wasn't ready. I wasn't sort of smart enough or ready enough. And so, um, you, you know, I asked quite a few people for advice on, um, if I want to be in business and eventually sort of start my own company, like what's a good thing to do right out of the gate? And a lot of people said, you know, going into to finance and you do one of these like two-year analyst programs or whatever, that gives you a pretty broad view of, um, uh, you know, of business in general and, and, and helps to, you know, put some good stuff on your resume. And then, and so um, I think that that was useful for me. I think people who are, um, maybe smarter and or more aggressive and or more entrepreneurial than me, um, I would encourage to just, you know, start stuff as, as soon as possible. Um, I, I got involved with StubHub because I, I became fascinated with the internet and I had um, moved out to, I basically, after my second year on Wall Street, um, I, I was, it was, I through, through like a stroke of luck, I ended up being a bond trader instead of being, um, like an, you know, an, an investment banking analyst. And so that was a lot more fun. Um, but it was pretty stressful and felt pretty soulless to me. And I, and I, and I really wanted to build something and I became fascinated with the like dot-com boom and startups and, you know, wanted to basically like, you know, rode my motorcycle to California and, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, wanted to join the, you know, the revolution. Right. Right. And, um, and I joined a later stage startup um, called TicketWeb for for a little while, and that they were acquired um, pretty quickly by Ticketmaster. And then, um, and then I met the the founders of StubHub, um, and it wasn't even called StubHub at the time; it was called Liquid Seats, and okay. it was just a terrible name. But oh yeah, they, they like two <laughs> two guys from Stanford Business School. This is like the kind of name like one would come up with. <laughs> But um, I knew enough about markets um, from my time as a bond trader and enough about tickets to realize that um, that was a pretty brilliant idea and that um, and I, I really wanted very early stage experience um, with some folks who I thought were, you know, smart, smarter than me and, and um, could potentially pull it off with an idea that I believed in. And so that's why I joined. That's great. And you mentioned earlier, you know, the the big mistakes uh, that you've you've made along the way. Um, is there a moment now that you've had a little space from it of you know one one day of uh, of bad decisions or or one big uh, mistake? And and not to not to uh, focus too much on the on the drama, but you know what that moment kind of 
taught you looking back as you you move forward in your career now? I don't know if there 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 was a moment. I mean, there were a lot of hard you know moments that I could talk about. Um, I think though, um, I think the lesson one of the lessons for me as a very sort of hard-headed, almost too determined person with a very high pain threshold, um, that sometimes it's better um, to throw in the towel earlier. Like we, we built something significant that I think will be in the world. And, um, but it was a long uphill slog the entire way. And I think that the, in hindsight, there were some reasonably clear signals that um, if, you know, if I was a little bit less, I wouldn't say, you know, de- determined, because I think determination is good, but, but a, um, a little more willing to realize where we were in the grand scheme of things from an industry perspective, um, that we shouldn't have struggled for as long as we did. Yeah. Is there anything you get into now to uh, just for fun or recreation to create more headspace in your life to make sure that you're uh, you're you're tired enough at the end of the day that you sleep through the night? Um, exercise, biking, I know you do. Uh, just I don't know other things that you think kind of feed your overall life that ultimately make you better at the office. Yeah, I'm, I I um that's there's a ton of stuff but um yeah mountain biking and skiing and pretty pretty much anything out, outdoors um i'm also um lo- love love to read and love to learn and so um and um yeah so those things uh those things occupy a fair amount of time hopefully at some point i'll uh meet somebody and have a family and that will occupy my time. I guess, I guess dating occupies my time. I don't yeah. know if that increases or decreases my headspace, but it does, <laughs> does something. It, it takes, it takes some of it. It take, sure. takes some, takes some time for yeah. sure. So, but, but, but all of those things. And, and, and then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of, I love helping fat founders. I'm passionate about that. And I'm just a fan of the startup game in general. Um, and so I, I never get sick of, reading about or learning about um what's going on in the ecosystem awesome noah thanks so much for joining the show i've really loved talking to you and uh, appreciate all the all the openness and, and insights that you've shared thanks for having me that was my conversation with noah shanuck the founder and former ceo of stitcher Noah, thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciated your time and being so open in the conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat and whether you're working at a startup now, you're a founder yourself, or you're working on a creative project that means a ton to you, I hope that you took something special away from the conversation that you can apply to whatever it is that you're building. Be sure to check out makingways.co, our website, where I've got my original illustrations of guests and show notes and articles and so much more. Follow us on all the social medias. Sign up for our newsletter at makingways.co where you can get news about events and merchandise and lots of other fun behind-the-scenes nuggets. And if you haven't yet, please think about writing a review on iTunes. It's such a powerful way for more people to get turned on to the show. Making Ways is engineered by Jim Heffernan at TTO Productions. Our intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix too. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.